Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I am joined by Jamie. That is me. It is. It always is. True. <laughs> so for today's discussion, we will be discussing the Netflix original movie, The Devil All the Time. And I believe it was yesterday when I was watching it, um, number two currently on Netflix in the oh, US. Nice. Um, it's trending. It is, and it's this, you know, it was just released, and it stars Tom Holland and... Edward Cullen. And who? Edward Cullen. Edward Cullen, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Among Edward others. <laughs> Which makes it sound like a comedy, but it's definitely not. It's really not. They're like... Yeah, this is um, the first movie I've watched in a while, I feel, that has, like, no comedic interludes. No, there's like no time that I laughed, I don't think. But it was also no time where I didn't feel engaged with it. So it was a good movie. Oh, true. Era. There were like, yeah, so many things happening. Before we get into that, though, what, how would you how would you give a little like summary of this, a blurb? So I wrote down what IMDb says about it because this movie is so all over the place that I couldn't think of any better way of describing it in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and it says, sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves from a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. Fair. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Pretty much, yeah. And so that uh, that uh, person, that kid, who is you know trying to protect those he loves, is basically our main character, who's not really introduced until forty five minutes into the movie. Right, but he kind of I would list him as the main character too, even though I thought Willard was going to be because yeah. he's kind of the main character for the first forty ish minutes, and then <laughs> takes over from there. <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> what what's what's your overall like feelings and impressions about the film i mean overall i really enjoyed the film as you were saying like there's not a time where i felt disengaged from the movie just right. because there are so many like twists and turns and it also had like true crime elements which are you know i'm all about so <laughs> very much into that right <laughs> what about you yeah, no, I definitely really enjoyed watching it. And I don't know that I would say this is a my typical type of movie, but I really, really, thought, I thought it was very well done. And I think that the acting in it was just, like, astounding. All yeah. of the actors and actresses just played the part, the characters, so well. Even Edward Cullen, a.k.a. Robert Pattinson, plays this creepy-ass preacher, and he plays him so so realistically that it's disturbing. Oh yeah, and also in a voice that like, like obviously they're all trying to, to do sort of Appalachian dialect or whatever, but it was, his voice sounded like so much not like his voice that I was right. like, oh. I, I read an interesting fact about that on IMDb. Um, Robert Pattinson was the only one to not practice his accent with everybody else before recording. He didn't send in any audio of it. He just worked on it at home by himself for months and then showed up and just started using it the first day of recording without anybody else knowing what it was gonna sound like. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he like really worked on this character too. Yeah, he did a really good job. I was I was impressed and like, God, <laughs> yeah. 
What a yeah. character. Ugh, like, everybody in this whole show is... Like, their characters are so well-developed and so different from each other. Well, Willard and Ar- Arvin are kind of the same, but <laughs> I think they're meant to be. <laughs> I mean, kind of, but also... I mean, I guess, what do you expect? Like, the apple doesn't fall far, as they say, but I... <laughs> he also was, like... I mean, he was a little... He was different in a way, right? Like... Oh, yeah, he's not the same person. That was maybe not the right choice of words, but... Yeah. He certainly may be, like, to some extent... He definitely has, like, the vengeance aspect down. I think if Arvin had lived the life that Willer lived and had lived, like, had gone to war and had seen that man cross, like, crucified on the cross, oh, like, Arvin much more like Willard. Mm-hmm. Arvin's life was easier, even though it was not easy. <laughs> right, Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But that's like, yeah, talking about twists and turns, like, as you were saying, the first four to five minutes is we follow the story of Willard and how he, yeah, witnessed horrific things uh, on the battlefield. Yeah, Yeah, some places southern, southern, like, southwestern Asia, I think, is where they said he was at fighting in World War II. Southeast Asia, yeah. Southeast Asia, okay. Um, and, And he, like, witnesses this horrific like brutal crucifixion of a man on a cross, like a, like a Marine, a U.S. Marine. Well, he doesn't witness it happening, but he finds the guy several days later and the guy's like still barely alive and has to like, he has to like put him out of his misery. And so like this really fucks with him, I'm sure <laughs> for yeah. the rest of the really. Um, well, and it's I, like for a while, it, it just makes him very disinterested in religion. Right. And so, well, I mean, yes, but yeah. I feel like, messes with him <laughs> well it does for sure like you know eventually he kind of you know makes up his little like prayer log and ultimately crucifies the dog so i'm like that's what i mean like it messes with him he like kills yeah. his dog and does basically the same thing tacks the dog's body up on this cross and in what he is thinking is a sacrifice to god so that it, the god will save his wife <laughs> from dying of cancer it's actually very tragic it's super tragic, and it's like, well, I mean, I guess we should be relieved that he went for the dog and not for his son to bring yes. back. I was afraid, like, until we find out that Arvin's actually the main character, like, that he was, like, when the dog didn't work, that he was actually going to kill his son then, too, kind of thing. Well, that, um, that, or I expected him, us to see, like, Willard as an, like, once they did the time jump into the 60s, I expected, right. I would have expected Willard to be very spiteful and blame his son for not quote praying hard oh, enough yes yeah that but, too but instead he just you know takes his own life and at the prayer maybe, log. maybe that was you know a better option in the long run for arvin it's hard to say it doesn't seem like willard was all that great of a dad <laughs> no it's true i think after yeah yeah or would it have been a great dad after um like charlotte had died like he was probably fine sort of until that point but like after charlotte died he wouldn't have made a bit like he would have been a terrible father to arvin yeah so going to live with um his grandmother emma was probably the better option <laughs> oh 100 and it's also like just the small things that we would like you know when the young boy whose mother is dying is crying he's like berating him for crying and it's like i know that it's 1957 but like can we not with all this toxic masculinity bullshit <laughs> yeah but oh 
Uh, talk about Emma. Like this old woman has had like such a hard life. <laughs> Like, oh, her son. First, like, she can't get her son to marry this girl after she prayed to God, you know, all about, like, bringing him back. And she would convince, you know, her son to marry, what was her name? Helen? Yes. Yeah, Helen. Um, And then, like, her son dies. And then her or after her daughter-in-law dies and then her adopted daughter dies <laughs> it's like oh this poor woman everybody dies around her and then I her know. grandson is about to be a killer i know but it's it's another one of those situations though where yes he's killing people i know <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. well three out of the four were completely justified they were in self-defense you know, yeah, but true. was a little, you know, more revenge killing. <laughs> well, but true. Also, the guy deserved to die. Although it's kind of a tough situation too with that because being in such a small town and we were, it was made kind of clear that like wherever he went, he was kind of treated like an outsider. So it's yeah. like, you know, if he, even though he had witnessed them for an entire, him, the preacher guy for an entire week sleeping with this teenage girl or whatever, he... <laughs> <laughs> he would not I don't think anyone would have really believed him if he'd said anything and then try to yeah. connect it back to his um, you know quote sister who right. you know hung herself I don't think right. it would have amounted that, to anything that was the most tragic thing it was narrator having to be like you know but then Lenora realized that she'd be okay that grandma Emma would take yes. care of her baby and she decided to get down and then slips and falls and hangs herself anyways and i just like every cell in my body just was like frozen i know (laughs) that was the saddest moment in the movie it was so tragic and it kind of makes me think about like people in that situation like how many times do you have that same situation going on and yet it's it's a moment too late you know Um, yeah yeah it was so sad I can't imagine like coming home and finding, you know, your sibling no. just hanging in a barn. My God. That would be cool. Yeah. Oh, and poor, poor Arvin. He felt so bad. Like he wasn't able to protect her, you know, from Edward Cullen. Well, he was, it's just so such like a, a unfortunate series of events too, because he went out his father, like the, in the style of his father to go like beat these kids up to protect her. And yet, Dirt while doing that, he opened her up to, you know, abuse by this preacher. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you say preacher, I hear creature. Well, that's that <laughs> works too. Either or, really. This creature. This creature. Reverend Preston. Reverend Preston, who, like, oh my God, what an asshole when he's talking <laughs> about the chicken livers too. I- Talk about Emma feeling terrible, losing her good preacher guy, and then this guy comes in and, like, talks about how he needs to eat the poor people food. I know, that was so awful. And then, like, I liked when um, Arvin was like, he just wanted them all for himself. And I kind of wonder maybe that case because they made a point of saying that she was like a really good cook so maybe that was actually what the case was yeah and Arvin at that point too he said something like and you you saw him gobbling those things down or whatever so yeah it could be because he almost had an orgasm when he stuck his finger in it awkwardly and licked it that was when I was like oh this guy is gonna be creepy yep. but he's creepy 
so well and so believably. <laughs> it, was, it was it wasn't like tacky at all. He was just like pure creepy vampire. Yeah, vampire. <laughs> Definitely, but oh, just so unfortunate. I yeah. I thought it was really interesting with like the whole serial killers aspect. Yeah, that was a interesting like B storyline of yeah. going the entire show that kind of connects them with with the a storyline at the end and i wondered when they were going to kind of like connect it back because um i thought somehow that maybe they were going to end up also going after women and maybe killing lenora when she was older because they made a point of being like my daughter's name is lenora you know yeah but you know turns out arvind is the yeah (laughs) yeah i I definitely thought they were gonna he was gonna end up like meeting Lenora someday and remember, you know, that, um, what was his name? Was it Roy? Roy. Um, the other creepy preacher. <laughs> yes. Had <laughs> like screamed her name. My daughter's name's Lenora. It's like, why would you tell these killers that? <laughs> right. But also like talk about like vengeance in the best or like karma in the best possible yeah. way. Like yeah. obviously he was out of his mind when he stabbed Helen in the neck and like tried to resurrect her. But my god well that was that was such a weird scene like this guy if you haven't seen the movie so like this guy thinks that god has told him that he can resurrect people so he kills his wife like fully believing that he's going to be able to bring her back (laughs) and then we get the best quote in the movie afterwards by theodore (laughs) yes Roy, paralyzed sidekick, <laughs> says, you stabbed your wife in the neck with a screwdriver. You tried to bring her back from the dead. Then you buried her body. That ain't an accident, Roy. That sounds like a crazy person who killed his wife. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only bit of humor in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, that was the best part. <clears throat> but yeah, like that whole situation, it, it does like, I don't know. I, I mean, it's obviously like very negative on the hyper-religious aspect of like society at the time and also now I guess but can you I can't imagine like being in such a place where like you truly believe you are going to be able to resurrect this person I mean he did spend a month in the closet without leaving it you know stable before this happened because normal people don't live in a closet for a month without leaving it (laughs) well true yeah I mean at least they had the sense of it to like drop Lenora off and not Oh, I know. Kill like, her as well or something. Yeah, that's better that way. <laughs> but poor Helen. All she wanted was to be with someone. I know. Poor Helen. <sighs> um, what was I going to say? I'm not sure. Serial killers? Vengeance? Oh, karma? So, so yeah, like the serial killers. The Roy and Sandy storyline. Right? Um, no, sorry. Carl and Sandy storyline. I keep getting Carl and, and Roy's names confused in my notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're both creeps. It's fine. So it seems to me like Carl kind of seduces this young Sandy girl into thinking that she's going to be like a model. And like, he's already kind of like a serial killery guy and just kind of incorporates her as bait into it. She doesn't actually do any of the killing. She's just like the bait. Right. Um, and I think that the narrator even says that um, like, it come you know like when they first met he the the narrator says like in time 
she would become known as the Bates and he would become known as the shooter and together yeah. the victims would be become known as the models or something like that. Yeah. Um, like, what do you think of them? It's just such a weird dynamic and storyline. It is a strange <coughs> storyline. And it makes me wonder, like... Is it based off of anything real? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. There are a lot of, like, you know... See, the thing about, like, that m- method of, like, you know, having the woman lure out the guy and then, like, yeah. killing him when they're off guard or whatever, totally legitimate. Would not be yeah. surprised if that's happened at all. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, just to, like, incorporate that into this movie, it was an interesting sort of aspect of it. And it's interesting with Sandy, too, because at one point she seems to be, like, I don't know. Like, it seems almost as if she's not, she doesn't enjoy the killing, and yet she seems to get very excited whenever the body's, like, lying around. (laughs) I kind of feel like Sandy would be more happy with the situation if they weren't killing them afterwards if they were just like taking these guys out and she was like having sex with them and then maybe they like i don't know robbed them or something afterwards and left them there mm. like she doesn't really like she's not in it to kill people she was in it to be a model and he's in it to be a serial killer kind of thing but she's still his accomplice because <laughs> yeah. she even said, like towards the end that she doesn't want to kill them anymore she doesn't want to do that kind of thing yeah and i like that after they killed the one uh, soldier she anonymous, anonymously called and was like, he's not going to make it. He was killed and he's buried, you know, here. Right. <laughs> so it's like she slowly was starting to like, not turn on Carl, but like at least make it known that they're doing this and it's happening. Right. Do you think that if they hadn't ran into Arvin and Arvin hadn't killed them both, do you think that she would have eventually like have left Carl and or like returned him into the authorities, made some sort of deal with them. Um, I mean, or not. I would so like, maybe she was headed that way mentally. I think she was headed that way mentally too, but it make I, I don't think that she would have made it just because I think he would have killed her first. Yeah, probably. Because like, are not trusting her and loading her gun with blanks. Exactly, which ultimately <laughs> killed her. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, like, for all that to be wrapped up with the sheriff as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the corrupt sheriff. like a whole other layer to Sandy because we see the sheriff and Sandy when they're, like, their brother and sister and they're mm-hmm. in high school together and she's, like, giving her brother a hand job in the car. So, like, clearly she's being abused. <laughs> Wait, was that her? Yes! I didn't realize it until afterwards either, but it was supposed to be the same people. <laughs> Oh my God, what? Yes, I know. Okay, that part I missed. <laughs> I Yeah, I didn't get it at first either. But then when we see Sandy as the older, I, went, I like had to go back and look at her. And yeah, it's like it's the same person or supposed to be the same person. Yes. So like, which is why like she's just giving him a hand drive probably. And he like comes into a cup instead. <laughs> <laughs> and he's already talking all about being like power hungry and ambitious. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, that's a whole other layer to Sandy's character, that. <laughs> right. And, yeah, so she, yeah. No, see, it's difficult, though, because, like, clearly she really, en- I think she enjoyed it, though, because, like, her looking through all the photos, she yeah. looked very content with it all. Even the ones that are, like, 
dead people photos. I mean, they're all yeah. dead. But, or maybe all of hers were just them before they were killed. I don't know. And maybe she just has like fond memories of the experiences before the death. I think the ones she was looking at, like they weren't the bloody ones. He, um, the, the, the deputy, deputy Lee, he sees like all the actual like murder bloody photos in the dark room at the end of the movie. But I think the ones that, that Sandy had were just like the before shots of, you know, them having sex kind of thing and the man being alive and enjoying it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I think that that's like what she likes about the experience. Yeah. But also want to kill them afterwards. Probably not. Yeah. Especially towards the end, but it's also kind of like, so, I mean, I guess he was corrupt, so it doesn't matter. And also like, who's he to judge people when he murdered two people like moments before he found out that his sister was killed. For real. Yeah. But, and like, yeah, I was I was surprised. I kind of thought that like he was going to side with like Arvin because like he had already seen that yeah. like what his sister had done, but it just shows that he doesn't care at all what his sister did as long as he can hide it. He doesn't want it to ruin his political career and now Arvin knows about it too, so he has to kill Arvin kind of thing. Right. And it's all just about like making sure that he can get reelected as sheriff. True, yeah. But it's like also I guess I guess it's because it's family. I was going to say, like, if you were able to, like, play a role in exposing this group, like, these serial killers who have been killing for, was it, 57 to 65, like, eight years, you think that would be, like, do good things for your career? But I guess if they'd be like, well, it was your sister, you should have known, or what, I don't know, but... Yeah, I mean, I feel like most people who were, maybe not, most cops would probably, you know report them kind of thing just out of like a moral obligation to do so but i don't even think he could work the case because it would be a conflict of interest since it is his sister who's one of them it would be now i don't know about back then but yeah Uh, yeah but uh so so there's there's just so much happening in this movie and really the only thing that kind of ties it all together is that is Arvin kind of goes back to that that town, you know, at, at the end of the movie and gets, you know, picked up by the serial killers and eventually has to kill Deputy Lee kind of thing. Yeah. But, and he buries Jack. Yeah, he does bury Jack. And, and the handgun or whatever. <laughs> yes, that too. I feel like he, he must have had to dig that back up. He did, though. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, in the end, we're kind of left with him, like, getting another ride and just traveling to Cincinnati. Yeah, just like there's, it kind of just leaves off like unclear if he's ever going to be caught or receive any kind of punishment for, you know, the four murders that he's committed, three of which are definitely arguably in in self-defense, but that he probably wouldn't be able to prove at all because the deputy had burnt all the proof that those two were serial killers and didn't know that the deputy was trying to kill him kind of thing. He did, but they found... And I don't know if it was, I assume it must have been the picture that Arvin was showing him as he was dying that had her actually over a dead body, like holding the right. dead body in the, her lap. Because they pulled some picture out of his pocket. I assume he would have burnt the one that he'd taken earlier. So, I would have thought so, yeah. Yeah, so at least they have that. Like, I hope those police who find him will be like, oh, he knew his sister was murdering people. Great. And that'll right. kind of be like, you know, maybe this death, like how the other cop on the phone was like, yeah, he killed this preacher, we think, but 
turns out he might have been might have should have been murdered or whatever right. <laughs> yeah so maybe so, maybe it'll yeah. turn out in his favor right like the movie kind of leaves that like unclear he's leaving town leaving the state um everything everyone he's killed definitely deserved to die because they were either horrible people or trying to kill him or both <laughs> right but but yeah yeah lots of death. that's pretty much the movie <laughs> that's pretty much it yeah did you have any quotes from it at all that you wrote down? It wasn't a very quotable movie. It wasn't really. I had the quote that you had said from Theodore because it was one of the most memorable of the movie. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's pretty much all that I had. Did you have any others? The only other one I wrote down was like the reoccurring quote of there's a lot of no good sons of bitches out there. Oh, yeah. First said by Willard to Arvin and then Arvin says it several times throughout. Yeah. Some of the, and then talking about how they deserve to die. Or yeah, pretty much. And, and I think the movie makes a pretty good argument that all four of the people who died deserve to die, you know, or the ones that Arvin killed anyways. There was other people who died, didn't deserve to die. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, Helen and um, Lenora and Charlotte. Although yeah. she was a murder. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, that is the movie though. Definitely something I would recommend to people. Yes, I definitely think that it was a very well done movie and the acting was fantastic and it's very engaging and interesting yeah. throughout. Like definitely for the first time in a while, I feel like it's something, a movie, a Netflix film I would recommend without like our, you know, paragraph, paragraph, paragraph length yeah. caveats about yeah. who should watch it. You would like this. Yeah. You would like this movie. <laughs> yeah. No, this one I would like, I could see recommending this from friends to like my parents, you know, like, like I think there's a large group of people who would enjoy watching this. Definitely. On that note, everyone who's listened today, thanks for listening. Um, we would like, uh, if you want to let us know what you thought about the show slash movie, um, or if you want to reach out to us at all, you can do so at Twitter at NNO Podcast. Or you can send us an email at navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. I do check it now every once in a while. <laughs> so if you have any recommendations of what you would like us to talk about next, please feel free to send them our way. Otherwise, we'll just, you know, think of something on our own. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of stuff still coming out, luckily. So we're kind of spoiled for choice. Yeah, for now. Yeah, for now. But yes, so on that on that note, thanks everyone again for listening and we will be back next time.